Welcome to Youthology Live. This is episode 30, and I want to welcome you to 12 Minutes of Learning. You know the format. You can find us all over social media. You can find us uh, at YouTube uh, forward slash Jeff Grinnell. You can find us on iTunes, the same, either Youthology or Jeff Grinnell. And uh, this 12 minutes is set up for youth leaders to learn on a topic of choice each week. So you can also get the manuscript to this, okay? You can follow along with the, uh, with the video on these formats, but if you go to youthology.com, then uh, I take this and I format this into a manuscript and you can use that for your leadership teams or for personal growth, okay? So, hey, tonight, I wanna talk about the power of, uh, of church kids, the power of youth in the church, okay? Here at the beginning of 2019, one of the things that I love to talk about is sustainability in the church, the vision of the church, the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? And the vision of the church is to preach the gospel. It is ultimately, though, to make disciples, okay, to uh, make disciples. And to, in order to do that, one of the things that we have to um understand is that youth are the sustainability of the church. Discipling youth are the sustainability of the church. I mean, corporate corporations talk about sustainability economically and budget-wise, right? Nations talk about uh, sustainability, uh, whether that's food or water or resources. And uh, so we should apply that to the church. So we're going to do that tonight. Um, in this, in this episode, okay? So I wanna begin by reading you the story of the Pied Piper and the city of Hamlin. After a town is infested by rats, the city council had to do something. Nothing was working. They tried construction, noise, poison, and harm to the rats, but they couldn't get rid of them. At their lowest point, a musical man came to the council and told them that he could fix their problem. He had done it before in other places. After talking with the musician, the town council agreed to pay him $1,000. And so they hired the piper to rid the rats of the town of Hamlin. Now, rid of the rats, the town council decided to go back on their word with the musician. Ungrateful of their newfound freedom, they decided not to pay the Pied Piper and thought maybe he'll just go away. And because of their ungratefulness, the piper returned to town with a different tune and retaliated by using his musical power on the children of Hamlin, leading them away as he had the rats. And the town of Hamlin was now without their young children. Needless to say, if you know the story, the town of Hamlin really uh, because not just the loss of the rats, but with the loss of its children, became a town uninhabited and poor and unsustainable. And all that little uh, story tells us is the importance of children. I mean, we can talk about staying to your word and the power of music and all of those things, right? And we can apply a lot of different things, uh, lessons to that story. But I I share that story because it was many, many years ago, my uh, first year of youth ministry, 35 years ago, when a man came up to me and gave me a prophetic word and said, hey, I don't know if you've ever heard the story of the Pied Piper, 
But God has spoken to me and told me that you are going to be a Pied Piper to the children of America. Now, I know that that application maybe is a little uh, unforward uh, when it comes to that story I just read. But I think what he was saying contextually was not necessarily in the context of the city of Hamlin, but in uh, the influence that, that um, we as youth leaders can have over children, right? And so I want to give you simply four uh, lessons that the church needs to learn in order to not just attract young people, but to involve young people. Because the attraction of young people is not enough. We have to assimilate them and involve them into the church if we're going to see the sustainability of the church, okay? So I want to go over these areas. There are the four simple principles that the church needs to learn. Number one is influence. Number two is attraction. Number three is theology. Uh, number four is music, okay? So let me go over those, those four points. The, the first one is influence. The church cannot devalue the power of children. The church cannot lose the, the value that we, that we should be placing on children. I mean, Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, if you want to change the world, go home and reach your children. Love your family, right? Um, what, one of the uh, great sayings of, of all time, one of my favorite sayings for, for youth, is when Jesus was seated with all of the disciples and they're doing their thing, right? And he's teaching them and they're, and then there's children just off, off in the distance, not very far away. And they're playing and making some noise. And the disciples are probably like, Hey, listen, would you, would you guys keep it down? We're with the master, you know, over there. And while one of them are playing, maybe the Frisbee comes over, you know, and lands in front of them and, and Peter picks it up and throws it back and, you know, Hey, get out of here, you know, or whatever. And Jesus becomes annoyed with them that they are not valuing what children can bring, you know, uh, to them specifically. And so he begins to define the kingdom and he says, listen, the kingdom of God is just like these children. And wow, that's a lesson in itself, right? That's a lesson, the innocence, the faith, the risk-taking, right? All of those kind of things that, that make up uh, youth, but... We cannot defy, uh, uh, um, forget about this this power of influence that children have. Do you know? Do you understand that teenagers today spend thirty billion dollars of expendable income? This is not credit cards. Okay, this is cash. Um, whether that's movies or you know, or whether that's going out to eat or you know, uh, going out and buying a pair pair of uh, you know tennis shoes or you know a top or a coat or whatever. Uh, getting that lid, right? The hat. Listen, $30 billion every year. Now, I realize it's not their money. It's probably their parents' money, right? Or whatever. Maybe a part-time job they have. But that's a, lot of, that's a lot of influence. But to me, one of the greatest influences is their gifts and their skill set, um, their core competencies that they bring to the church. If we can involve them with, with their giftings and their skill sets, right? So the church must be, listen, strategic and and have a proactive plan on how to involve children in the church because of the influence of children. So let me ask you a couple of questions. If one generation loses its values, where will the next generation get theirs? If one generation 
loses its values, where will the next generation get theirs? And what all I'm saying with that is this generation in the church has to value teenagers, children. We have to value them because they are going to set the principles and the morals and the values for the next generation. So the, the, the influence is um, significant, right? It's significant. What is your church budget? What does your church budget for youth ministry, for youth leadership, right? I realize not every church has a youth director. Um, only about 20% uh, of churches in America have a full-time youth pastor. I, I get that, that most of youth leadership is done by the volunteers, but where, where's our budget for that kind of influence? The, the second thing is attraction, okay? And it kind of follows up with this whole budget issue. Listen, you may not have a lot of resources, but there's different ways that you can attract students, whether you have a lot of resources or not, okay? We cannot, hear, hear, hear this, we cannot um, feel like th that young people are only attracted by resources, okay? Money, lights, events, merch. No, no, listen, resources are not the only thing that's going to attract students. Relationships will, okay? Relationships will. They're looking for relationship. The world has resources. The church needs to prioritize relationship, not just resources. Now, if we, if we can have them and we can be creative, excellent, we want that, okay? But don't forget about that. So a couple of questions under attraction. Are we willing to produce a new paint scheme in the church, right? A change of the decor. What about signs in the parking lot that are colorful and inviting? Is the language of the pulpit ministry current, right? Do we have to have a, a change in our, in our language? Is it fresh? Is it young? Is it geared toward middle school and high school, okay? All right, most of the premier communicators will tell you, shoot for middle school, uh, eighth grade, ninth grade in your communication, okay? Do we place priority in the training or hiring of our, of our youth directors, okay? A priority there. Again, the sustainability of the church to attract young people. And remember, whatever you attract them with, okay? Whatever you attract them with, whatever you get them with, you're going to keep them with. It's not just about, you know, I, I know I mentioned paint schemes and I mentioned some of these, you know, and language and all this and, and trying to appeal to them. But hear me, the appealing part, the, the, the recruiting part of it is not the only thing. Retention is another. And if we're just going to recruit and not worry about retention, then we're missing relationship because recruiting is one thing. Retention and relationship are the, uh, is more important when it comes to attraction right? Okay. Third area, theology. Listen, I believe that teenagers are under challenged by the church. It's true. Hey, if you've, if you've seen recently what teenagers homework is like, I can't do it, right? I've seen it. I've had students, I've had students talk to me about that. Hey, my, my mom and my dad can't help, to help, help me with this. You know, can you, can, will you look at this? And I'm like, mm, let's see. I mean, I have a master's, but right. Some of these concepts, they're expected to be on time in school. They're expected to uh, honor one another and respect one another in the classroom. They're expected in a group project to give, you know, a, um, to that group and, and not just rely on somebody else, right? Everybody has to contribute. So as a church, why would we just wanna play games with them, right? Theology. I believe that if we could teach 
students theology, we got them hooked because our message is Christ. And they're not going to get that in government. They're not going to get that in education. They're not going to get that uh, at H&M or Forever 21, right? They're, they're not going to get that at the mall. They're not going to, many of them won't get it at home. So in youth ministry, we have to major on theology, right? Because we know the students are spending so much time on meology. <laughs> so I, I really believe that part of the way that we can win the young people of the church is 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 through theology, the study of God. Because once they see God, we've got them. We've got them. He's the greatest message. We've got them, right? So let me ask you a couple of questions with theology, questions to the church here. When is the last time we used human video, drama, skits, monologues, hands-on involvement, or abstract art and fine art in our pastoral messages to teach theology? To take the first century and usher it into the 21st century and make it come alive, right? Because I think part of our message is that we take the first century into the 21st century and the 21st century back to the first century. I want my students to know who Paul is. I want my students to know the Ten Commandments. I want my students to know the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus preached in the New Testament, okay? So anyway, let me go to the last one, and that's music. If we want to, to, to seriously have the discussion about the sustainability of the church and reaching young people, we have to, we have to change our music in the church. We have to be willing to upgrade the music, okay? Every generation has had to do it. And the longer we hang on to the past, the harder it's going to be to, to shift and transform and morph, you know, in, in, into the future. Listen, think about it this way. What our students are listening to in the car and on their playlist, and what most families are listening to, right, uh, before they come to church is completely different than what they're hearing in, the in most churches, okay? So... I'm not saying that we need to copy culture, but I think that we need to learn how to do contextualization with our music, okay? Listen, there are things that we can do. Here's some questions for the church here. Um, are our musicians on our worship teams under 25, okay? Or are they all older? Is the language of the music understood by the young people in the church? Look at the language of the songs we're singing. Are we singing back? to uh, doctrinal language that they don't understand, and maybe that's the difficulty in connecting. Now, I'm not saying get rid of the hint. Please don't jump to that. I'm just asking you to make some de decisions here by looking at the kind and the style, the, the, the type of the message in, in the music, right? Um, what about the visitor? Does the visitor matter? The, that visiting uh, teenager who's, who's never heard these songs, is it simple for them? Because sometimes the preaching and the theology and the teaching, okay, really takes place in the worship when the students are first coming in. How do we use music in transitions? How do we use music pre-event? Okay, so there's so many things we can go, and I'm going to blog on this too. We'll, we'll, we'll get more of this out, you know, during announcements, we have bumper music, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, listen, we cannot repeat the behavior of the town council of Hamlin. We can't. We can't do that. We cannot repeat the behavior and go back on our word and say, hey, you know, would you help us out here? But then when, you know, things don't go our way, um, we, we go back. Listen, if we can influence and reach students with just these simple four things, okay? These simple four things, influence, attraction, 
theology, and music. I really believe that the sustainability of the church is going to be more of a reality in the future. Okay. So, Hey, thank you for letting me raise some of these, um, <laughs> tension moments, right? And that's okay. I'm going to go a little further with it in the, in the manuscript. So you can check the blog out and get more, uh, you know, the rest of this week. Okay. So again, thank you for joining us for Youthology Live and 12 minutes of learning. Hey, you have a great week and thank you for joining us.